Welcome to my mom's podcast. Hi, I'm Marisa Calderon, and you're listening to the Early Childhood Journeys podcast. I'm capturing the early childhood journeys of educators, including discussions and strategies on best practices for children, birth through third grade, and sharing them here for you. It's Marisa again with Early Childhood Journeys. Welcome to another podcast. And today I have a guest that I was excited to finally book. It took us several several weeks, I feel like, to finally get together and connect and get you on the podcast. So I will let her introduce herself and tell us where you're from. Well, thank you, Marisa, for inviting me and to have this opportunity to meet <laughs> through 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 this media yeah uh, all your friends and followers etc <laughs> my name is susana ibarra johnson and i am an outreach coordinator for first things first yes i'm so excited when we um, connected i met susana um just again recently i knew of you susana um through the community college i think circles and some other early childhood colleagues but I ran into Susana at um, a Dia de los Muertos fair last year, and since then we've kind of kept in touch and did like email tag. And um, you guys were doing a first things first like uh, family table at the yes. at the event, and I thought it was so lovely. And I think on my Facebook page, on the Early Childhood Journeys Facebook page, for any of the listeners that want to check that out, I did a little bit of video, um, and I was there with my family, with uh, my little girl and my husband. And I just thought it was an awesome opportunity to get you on and talk about, you know, what you what you've been up to, and then also, you know, share about the good things about first things first. Sure, definitely, I'm excited about it. <laughs> so tell me about your position and what that role looks like. What's your typical kind of role here? Well. Um... You know, my role is basically helping everybody understand the importance of early childhood. And we might think that it's an easy job and it's so complicated. We go out there and uh, uh, people know and don't know. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But I am kind of like the, the voice of early childhood in this region. First Things First is divided in regions, and I am representing the Southeast Maricopa region. So um, I just go out and talk about the complexity of early childhood and why early childhood development matters. And we should all be working in there and trying to connect the dots, make sure that we understand why if we start um, good with a good foundation, we will be successful. Yes, and I think it's really um, lucky that our community has someone like you, not only um, someone that has been in this field for a while now and and understands the early childhood community, but I want to also um, recognize that you are bilingual and you're Latina, and I think it's important to have representation as well with our community. We know that, um, especially in Maricopa County, our Latino population is having bilingual outreach you know, tools and resources for parents and educators, I think is really important too. So I appreciate that. I wanted to make sure and commend you for that. 
You're absolutely right. Uh, the Latino community is growing, at least in Arizona, probably being a border state that uh, is the door. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of Latinos coming from different countries that, that speak Spanish. And um, fortunately, I, I feel that being able to communicate with them, not only because I'm bilingual, but I'm bicultural, yeah. has been helping very much in further, furthering this impact and making sure that they understand that doesn't matter where they come from, doesn't matter what their background is, it doesn't matter if they had education previously in, 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 their, in their country uh, or, or not. Maybe they have PhDs, but doesn't matter. Early childhood is universal. Everybody needs to know more. And um, I, I can relate and I can understand the different backgrounds and the different challenges that they're going through. Yeah. And uh, I think that that has helped me create a very good connection with the community. And um, they feel comfortable talking to me. Yeah. And that is meaningful because once they understand the importance of early childhood, then they can start being part of it. And they can take some kind of action to help it. And... I, I feel very blessed to be where I am and that I can help that community. Yeah, I, I think so too. What do you think is your biggest misconception about your role working with kids? Uh, well, I think that probably people think that they know everything about <laughs> early childhood. Because in one way or another, either you're a parent or you have young nieces, nephews, mm -hmm. neighbors, mm -hmm. you know, relatives through church, through your community, through your family, yeah. whatever. And, and because you're an adult, you think that you know everything about early childhood. And that is huge. So it helps that I can, I can come and communicate that. But the other misconception that they have personally on my work mm -hmm. is that they think that I am here just to provide stuff to, to <laughs> the give freebies. them. Exactly. Mm. Oh, yeah. What do you have today? Oh, you have a book. Yes, I want a book. Yeah. Well, that's a misconception that they can come to a resource fair and just get a book. And if I could tell all my colleagues that are in the same position, that are tabling, that are attending events, that are making presentations, that are in front of parents, whatever, that we need to talk more about the why. Why am I giving you a book? Yes, we need to have those conversations. Yes, it's that conversation. It's not that I'm giving you a book because I want you to read 20 minutes with your kid. No. I'm giving you a book because when you read to your kid, you're providing a better foundation you're providing a stronger vocabulary. And when he gets to kindergarten, it's gonna be easier to read. So that's the real why, why he's receiving a book and why it's important that they sit down and read 20 minutes every day. So there's several misconceptions. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree in your field. Um, have you ever went into, I'm gonna kind of go off a little topic, 
the folks that maybe don't have don't have children of their own um, and how you are able to connect with them if they come across on a YouTube give you an example like at a resource fair or maybe some other conference functions that happens in every event yes or because we are looking for those difficult uh, hard to reach populations yes. you know um, it happens for example with our abuelitas yeah with the grandmas you try to explain to them all the new research and all that and they look at you like honey I, I, ra I, I raised <laughs> I raised 10 kids really are you going to yeah, yeah educate me and the answer is yes you know there's a lot of research out there and let me help you and that great job that you did already and there's a little bit more that can make it easier for you um, that is one example and the, the other one that I'm gonna give you is very related to the abuelitas and it's 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 for the seniors yes the senior community sometimes think that they've been there they've done that their grandchildren or great-grandchildren are in Minnesota we are in Arizona what are you talking about yeah that's a good point and um, so they can't find that relation but guess what in the early childhood field that is a shared responsibility. Every single individual should be involved at a larger or a smaller scale, but everybody should be there. And what I find out is that if I am able to connect with a senior population and tell them, what are you looking for? Normally the answer is they're looking for safety. They're looking for a community where their neighbors can help them that uh, their car is not going to be damaged, that their bicycle, because there's some seniors that really Still like to do the, the bicycle thing, yeah. they were very active, is not going to be stolen. And I say, where does that start? You want a safe community? Guess what? Mm -hmm. It starts before the kids turn five years old. So if we help these kids have a stronger foundation and understand those skills that are very difficult, respect, self-esteem, things like that, you will have a stronger community. And the other thing is that you vote, you make decisions. So you can turn the needle and say, yeah, we do need more support in the early childhood field. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. That's such a good point, that investment there and, and twisting that angle of helping folks understand and realize that we are all connected. We're still a community. We are still a community, and they also need doctors, lawyers, accountants. They use future them. Future caregivers. Future <laughs> caregivers, exactly. Yeah. And they they might come from this younger generation, so everybody can be part of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. What do you? Um, I know we talked about some par like parents earlier in our private conversation we were talking about before we started recording um, Susanna had mentioned uh, music for grandkids out of state and I was just dealing with my kiddos this morning um, and having some laughs with our little adventures and it made me think about you know some advice for parents um, I guess what do you commonly come across in your work with parents that you do see with parents well I can tell you that uh, 99.9% .9 of the parents are loving parents. They love their kids. They want to be the best parents ever. And uh, I'm sure that 
they're doing their best. It, with a little bit more uh, instruction, probably they can do even a better job. Love is really very important. Um, as the first and best teachers of their kids, I think I would tell them, you know, promote all those interactions face to face. Mm -hmm. That's when the kids learn, either with you as a parent or with the grandma or the caregiver, the big sister, the big brother, whoever. But those interactions face to face are really important, and sometimes we don't give them the value that they deserve. Yeah. I mean, when this baby is doing those little noises, and I respond in the same tone to those little voices, and providing all that love, but that interaction is creating a stronger foundation. Mm -hmm. That's very important. What else I would tell the parents? Don't forget to read from day one. It can sound silly, but I'm not doing it. I'm reading, this baby is sleeping or it's not even looking at me. And they don't understand. I get they that. Don't understand. They don't understand. Mm -hmm. Why am I reading? He wants to bite the book. Oh, yeah, that's part of the process. But making sure that we are able to transmit that love for books is major. It's critical. And we need to do that. So that's the other tip that I would give them. Not only your reading, you're providing vocabulary, but it's the bonding moment that you're there with your baby, that two or the three of you all cuddling and reading something, inventing the story. Because I get a lot of parents that don't know how to read or write. Yes. And they yeah. feel very frustrated because they say, how, how do you want me to read when I don't know how to read? I'm like, the baby doesn't know how to read either. But you can make up the story. You know what's happening here. So make your own story. And just keep on talking. Um, help them, as we were talking about, help them develop so those very difficult skills. Respect. Respect for things. Respect for sister, brother. Respect for the adults. So that when they get to school, they already understand the process. They're showing kindness. They're showing creativity. Validate their creativity. Do it as minute as you think it is. I, I feel like we, as an adult, um, sometimes we kind of, kind of lose it over ourselves. Yes. <laughs> yes. We just admire it and, and, and um, call it out and um, celebrate those little minute little I know um, for, for me personally, my little girl, she's four, and nothing but reading books with her, we've gotten to the point where I have to say, okay, only three books. Okay, now four books. Four books and a sock. Like it's a constant little back and forth. Like, yes. Okay, three books and just two socks. And then, so, I mean, you'll start to notice and it's the benefit of when we reading to them as babies and now I mean I, I think it's funny when we're like we're negotiating bedtime books and how it's gonna go. So I mean there's a huge advantage to it. I know for myself I was talking to Sana that my daughter is starting to recognize um, like the letter of her work of her name. They start with the D it's Valentina. And so now every time we're out and about and we're hanging type of 
posters or lettering out in the street. She's looking for the leaves. She's looking for the leaves. So these are these are pre-kindergarten skills. They are, and it's uh, you're talking about one that is really very important. Focus. She's looking. Yes. She's looking for that bee. And it's so funny that my granddaughter is also Valentina. Yes, I know. She's that only three, funny. but uh, she's also learning how to how to find her, her bee. And obviously it's on the refrigerator and she can do it with her fingers. So <laughs> this is this is my Valentina. So it is it is very funny. It is it is exciting to see them. So if I can give a tip to parents and Whoever is listening can transmit this to their neighbors, their relatives, yeah. all those young couples that are just starting yeah. that probably need a little more support. There's four things that they can do every single day, not only with the little ones, but continue that. But that are so important. Play, sing, talk, and read to the kids every day. Easy peasy. You easy get peasy. All kinds of information. I feel like I get... Uh, info overload from all these things they're telling me how to how to parent and what to do with my kids. But those four tips are easy. Yes. 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 Play, sing, talk, read. And the other tip that I would give whoever is listening to us, if they are not that familiarized with First Things First, visit our website, yes. firstthingsfirst.org. I can't even start telling you the amount of videos, resources, information that we have. If you get into your region, because I don't know yeah. where you live or where you work or who are you trying to help. So maybe some are in Yuma and others are in Flagstaff and others are in Phoenix and others are in Mesa. But there is a section that says your region. Get in there, plug in your address. It will tell you in which region you are located. And the family resource guide will tell you all the free resources that we have. But stop on our website yes. please because it's very valuable if you like facebook become our friends the information is so good yes i, I love just it. enjoy it i love the information yeah i know i also follow you guys on twitter and i'll have those links of um, your social platforms on my show notes as well for our listeners we have listeners from outside of arizona as well and i just want to make sure to clarify first what first things first is it's a public funding source that exclusively funds early education, health, and education programs. Exactly. For for parents of chil children zero to five years old. Before kindergarten. Before kindergarten. We're trying to provide all the tools necessary so that their kids arrive healthy and ready to succeed by the time they get to kindergarten. Yes. Our state needs it. Yes. Very much. So I want to go back into a little bit back in personally um, before this position take this back it's always interesting to me how one comes to their current position when I talk to my guests on the podcast and I always ask them you know do you remember your first role your first position that um, had you in contact with children and families like how did it come how did it come about to where you're at now mm -hmm. can you take me back I can take you back many 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 <laughs> Many years. Uh, and, and first of all, uh, I, I want to clarify that I don't have an early childhood background. It's totally fine. And those are exactly, those, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. exactly. That's what I want to tell everybody. It doesn't matter yeah. where you come from, what you did before. Early childhood is for everybody. Yes. Yes. 
So my background is really into nutrition and food technology. And even as an intern um, in my first years trying to figure out what I was going to do with this career, I was faced in my Mexico, where I lived in Mexico City, working for an organization that um, helped families and um, provided nutritional resources to kids that with very low income that probably what we were providing was the best source of nutrition for the day. So we had to make sure that we were providing at least a third of of the nutrition requirements, uh, daily requirements. So that puts you in front of families that don't have what is so obvious to do and that just comes so easy to your table. And uh, it opened my eyes. The need for education and the need to be creative and produce something that would really help these young kids. And so I worked for many years there. And then life takes you to different places. So I moved to other cities in Mexico. And I didn't have the opportunity to keep on working on that. And then I got here into the States and uh, I was probably in the same situation as many other families. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was able to be a good resource for the Mexican consulate. And that was the a shocking experience of being in the same situation as many others with having many challenges, but having the opportunity of the knowledge that I had and the resources and the different support groups that I was being exposed to. And I became a resource for my community and I fell in love with my community and I just uh, started helping. And uh, if you ask me, did somebody mentored you? Yes. Okay. So wait, don't give it away. (laughs) So we were talking about, you know, Susana's like, I don't know if I really have any mentors. Um, and I said, okay, but perfect. That's That might resonate with somebody. You know, there's still, what was it? I always am interested to know. And I know my audience, there's somebody in my audience that wants to know what helped keep you going and what pushed you, you know, to keep going and which eventually got you in this position. So you didn't have any mentors, but... Life just presented me with a lot of challenges and I had to figure out how to get the resources from those fabulous agencies and fabulous people that are out there. So maybe there was not one or two. It was a combination of all of them. And uh, I was just lucky. And you persevered. I persevered. And uh, I worked 10 years providing all sorts of resources for that community. And then I found the opportunity to be part of First Things First seven years ago. And it has been such a delight and such an honor to keep on working with the Latino community and uh, learn about early childhood and understand that if we start at the very beginning, we can really move that needle and have a better community, a better society, stronger families that will build stronger communities. And 
that has just changed my life. I, I, I wake up every single day and I'm so happy to come to work because I know that there's going to be somebody that will need resources and I'm going to have them. Yeah. I can't even tell you the joy when I go to another event and I have a family that comes and says, do you remember me? And I really don't. And they said, you provided me with this resource. You helped me understand the importance of literacy. Now my daughter is eight years old and she's doing great in third grade and she's reading and she's loving wow. books and you helped me. You helped me as a parent to love books and I was able to help my kids love yeah. books. So that return is, is very powerful, it's invaluable. I wouldn't change it for anything. And if you ask me more information about early childhood, maybe I won't know. You know, you would not be able to tell, Susana. But I think that's that's also something that resonates um, with our audience because my goal is always with this podcast where you don't necessarily have to be in the early childhood field right. to listen to this. It, this this information connects with everyone at different levels. People come in with different genres of positions. So I've had that before where it's not, I don't think there was one mentor for me either. I think depending on the the stage of life I was in and the circumstances that I was going through, there was different folks that maybe helped push me along the way, some decisions that I made, some organizations that, you know, gave me a chance. So I, that's why I said, no, you have to say that. <laughs> you have to talk about it. Absolutely. Yes. Right. What, so what continues to motivate you and, you know, keep your passion with this work? Well, really, um, Part is what I just mentioned to you, finding people that you have been able to help and that come back to you and thank you and tell you their their success story. And that is powerful. Success stories are yes. great. They're the best. Uh, but also, let's not forget about this. I feel, and I really feel that I am part, even if it's a tiny, tiny little part of this big change that we're doing. We're moving the needle. We're making sure that more and more people, as you said, in or out of the field of early childhood are understanding why early childhood matters. And the honor of just being part of that is fantastic, is, is wonderful. The people that started First Things First, I have total respect for them. I admire them. And I want to do my best to continue. And that keeps me every day. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about, I know um, you said you wake up every day happy to come to work and do this this work, this, this powerful work. What's your work-life balance like? Um, it's difficult. I mean, let's not lie. I mean, it's complicated. Why? Because... Uh, in this specific position, maybe not in others, but in my specific position, I'm open to anybody that needs the resources yeah. or the information 24-7. So if they want me at 8 o'clock at night because that's when they're going to meet, I'm going to be there at 8 o'clock at yeah, night. It can be heavy work. It can be heavy work. And yes, the weather is beautiful right now. So ask me what weekend I can meet with you. I can't because <laughs> I have events yes. every single weekend. Yeah, right now. Saturdays and Sundays mm -hmm. because the weather is better and we need to take advantage of that. So yes, I'm working Saturdays and Sundays and sometimes early in the morning. And it, uh, it, it, it so can be. So how do be. you balance it? Well, um, when I get home, I don't bring work at home. 
so nice. So when I am home, I try to be home and respectful. There is a space of about 10, 15 minutes. What was the most important part of your day? What happened? Are you struggling with something? No, I am not. Or yes, I am struggling. Let me share with you what's happening. And after that is, this is wonderful. What are we going to do when we have the time? And uh, being together and having dinner together. And that's the most important thing. And um, when my kids were younger, yes, it was a little bit more complicated. But um, Is there anything special that you like to do to decompress any hobbies? Well, guilty, uh, guilty hobbies. Well, I have to go to the gym every day. Okay. Yeah, I that mean, that helps me. So she she's making a not very good face. Like she just has to go. Uh, no. For you though. No, I really. Um, sometimes it's hard. Yes. It's just that it's hard because you're tired. Yes. I'm like as long as I can, I just need someone to take me there and then I'm good. Right. <laughs> that would be great. But you get home and you're tired. Yeah you haven't decompressed yet mm -hmm. uh you're in the car trying to do that but yeah you get home and you're not there yet and then you're hungry and uh well you kind of open the refrigerator and you're like okay jim or mm, there's all these goodies in the refrigerator and you need to close it before you get into the refrigerator so it is difficult but once i once i step into the gym i'm fine because i know that i'm gonna feel good so that is my my little time and that's the way I decompress. Yes. I, I need to do that. And Any if, little thing. Yes. So I, I try to do it uh faithfully Monday through Saturday. Uh, but sometimes I have to skip the day. I know. Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna go for a walk. I'm just gonna get that walk in too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. It's hard. Yeah. The balance. Um let me see. What would you say for our early childhood educators that are listening to us? Any advice for them? Since you're out right now connecting with the community, connecting with parents, and you're doing outreach events, any advice for our early childhood educators? Well, um, I think that the most important thing is never stop learning. Never stop researching more things. There's always something new every single day. There's something new. So uh, keep on. And, and all that information and all your, your knowledge on early childhood, all what you have, share it with others. You know, we go back and we don't share the great things that we do at work. And then even our own family, they don't know what we do. What does she do? Oh, I think she's a kindergarten teacher. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more than just a kindergarten teacher. Yes. And that's what we need to share. We need to talk more about why we do what we do. Because all the teachers must have a lot of passion. Uh, because if not, you're going to be a teacher. It's a, such a hard work. And if you could talk to your family, your relatives, your close friends, about that passion rather than saying I'm a, I'm a kindergarten teacher but more like oh, I do this because I have love to helping helping kids do yeah. better the way, the way you explain it you yeah. Yeah. yeah 
I, I think that, uh, again, talking a little bit more about the why I do the things rather than what do you do, uh, because the what do you do stops us immediately. When yeah. you say, I'm, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse, I'm a librarian, if you don't give the opportunity to tell the other people why you chose that. Because there's a lot of passion. I want to make people healthy. I want to help uh, parents learn how to read to their kids and have this passion and love for books. I am a teacher because I just love to see how my, my students thrive and go through the next years and they keep on learning. That's a lot more powerful than just saying what you do and what you are. Yeah. Right. So um, I value the role of a teacher and um, I would really encourage them to share that more with people and also to make sure that they have a very good connection with parents because they do such a fantastic job in the school and then the kids go home and the parents don't understand what the teachers and educators are doing and they the, the kids lose that track yeah. and if they would be able to talk more or find a resource a conduit because sometimes probably they don't have that possibility but that parent liaison or something that can connect so that the parents can support all the efforts that are happening in the school i would suggest that because i see in the community that disconnect oh, that yeah. the parents we don't understand be, we call it a we need to be allies with our parents right and we are with our parents we're yes you're on the same team. So yep. the parents need to support what you're doing at school. So by the next day, the kids remember what they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's so yes. true. Um, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think, um, how can the community learn more? We talked a little bit about First Things First. Any other resources or initiatives you guys have going on right now besides just them, um, our audience going on the website or Facebook or Twitter? Uh, anything else you want to mention? Well, those are the most important things. Um, uh, we, we, could, we could talk one hour more yeah. about all the different resources that we have that we are funding. Uh, we connect with fantastic agencies that are experts. There's no way we are going to duplicate efforts so we are funding the best the best that we have in the valley and um, the website is is great facebook please is fantastic uh we're also in instagram and in twitter so you can keep on following us i just want to invite everybody that uh, we have um, outreach coordinators all over the state so wherever you are you can always connect with our outreach coordinator and uh, and have a presentation that will just guide you in what we basically do, why we do it, the importance of early childhood, why it matters, why we need you, because we can't do that job by ourselves. And um, if there is more interest, we can also train them so that uh, they can lead and do more actions and uh, continue spreading the word on raising awareness on the importance of early education. I know for myself, I've, I've always um, tried to mention you guys and connect our startup community, our entrepreneur community that we have here with uh, hashtag YesPHS, um, that community. 
first things first. I always make sure that because it's one of the uh, bigger agencies that's publicly funded, so you mm-hmm. should be aware of it. Even though I work on my website, but all of the good things that they are doing are something you should do as well. Because they're needed. They're so needed, and uh, our our main areas are family support through parenting education, through in-home visitation, through other resources like primary resource centers where they can find other parents and learn from others and then learn from these fantastic agencies that are providing all the parenting education. Uh, We also support high quality of education. And as you well know, we have the Quality First program supporting um, childcare centers and homes that like to participate in Quality First, and that provides uh, plenty resources. other resources in there. And we also we also fund education for the staff so that they can continue, and uh, scholarships in some cases for families that can't afford um, having these benefits. A lot of times through my travels, I want to mention how um, I've, I've realized how remote Arizona is, our communities are outside of Maricopa County, mm-hmm. and I've noticed um, you always will see like a little office which first regional office. Yes. And I love that. It's like, oh God, there's someone here because yes. you don't realize um, how scarce these resources are for families. Right. And yeah. some of our families drive 30, 45 minutes to mm-hmm. the school or to the bus stop um, mm-hmm. in some of these areas in Arizona. And just having first things first as a little uh, safety net, I guess, um, it's a little it's a little beacon of hope. <laughs> when I'm driving around, I'm like, oh, okay, I can connect with somebody here. Yes, yeah, yes, so and I, and we also serve uh, to at least ten um, Native American yes, yeah. nations or towns, and uh, they all get together mm-hmm. so that they can receive all these resources. So we have present, and the, 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 the third area that we cover is health, making sure that kids are healthy, and not only physically, but emotionally and intellectually, so that by the time they start kindergarten, at least uh, if, unfortunately, there is some kind of um, developmental problem or some emotional problems, it can be addressed. Yeah. It brings a lot of peace, not only to the family, but to the school to know how they will address it, and then everybody is happy. The outcome's a lot better when the kids arrive healthy to kindergarten. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Susan. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about your story and background and how you support first things first. I love it. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to my fun podcast.